Welcome to A Moment with Modern Mentors, a podcast series by Digital Collective Co, where we soak up wisdom, anecdotes, and actionable tips from Australian startups, female founders, business leaders, industry pioneers, and C-suite executives. Hi everyone, I'm Carla Shamga, uh, the CEO and co-founder of Shouter, which is a world-first micro-gifting app that lets you shout anyone, coffee, drinks, or anything else as a token of your thoughts. Hi, it's Mia from A Moment with Modern Mentors, and this season we're talking a call for change. And Carly Shamgar is today's guest on the podcast. She's the CEO and co-founder of a new kindness concept called Shouter. And like many things that recently launched, Shouter emerged during lockdown through COVID when two co-founders, Carly and Nick, came up with this fun and meaningful way to show friends and family that they were thinking about them. The online gifting market is ripe for disruption and Shouter provides digital natives with a really sincere and affordable way to recognize not only friends and family, but smaller businesses who have been hit by lockdowns. And actually, Shouter is an app that allows anyone anywhere to show and gift a little gesture to friends, families. And actually now we heard today on the podcast that she's launching Shouter Biz, which is a second offering targeting and looking at businesses and actually how businesses can reward their staff. So that's something to to hear about through the interview. Shouter is a fantastic initiative. Carly is a really interesting female founder. She's been in the startup world for about 10 years now. This is her second startup and uh, she's got really big growth plans for it. She's only been a year into this business. She's already got investment. She's got her sights set on launching overseas some great tech behind it. It's a fascinating interview. She talks about her personal journey getting there, how she's navigated through uh, a marriage, a failed marriage. Um, She's also worked in in businesses and industries that have led her there and and just some of the kind of consequences of, of doing that. She's a yogi. She's super interesting. She's really very open and shared so much through the the interview and it's a fascinating listen. So Carly Shanga, CEO and co-founder from Shouter. Enjoy. Hi Carly, it's so great to have you chat with me today for a moment with Modern Mentors, a call for change. We're all about change this season and you are the CEO and co-founder of Shouter, a new kindness concept and digital micro gifting platform for the modern gift giver you're disrupting payments and the gifting sector all in one go and we can't wait to hear all about how you landed this awesome role and the path you're on super excited to be chatting to you tell me a little bit about how you came to be the ceo and co-founder of shouter so look, I, I guess I've been in the tech startup space for over a decade now. So after a background in corporate and media sales, which after moving into that sort of tech startup world, I guess I was kind of hooked, bitten with the bug, that's for sure. And I've actually been involved as a as an investor and a, a founding member of another startup which I was very fortunate to go from the very sort of infant stages of the idea right through to a successful exit and taking that business overseas to both the US and New Zealand. That really got me hooked then. And I just knew that that wouldn't be my last one, that I, 
you know, desperately wanted to to build another business and do it all over again. But I really wanted the next business to be something that resonated with me as a person and I guess with my own personal values as a, as a human being and also as a mum. And it was just fortunate that I, I happened to meet my co-founder, Nick, through some startup circles. And we, we both had this common theme, I guess, of being originally not from Australia, even though we both lived in Australia for, well, for me, most of my life now, but we still both have very good friends and family living overseas. And for us, there'd always been this issue where we wanted to touch base with these friends and families beyond just a text message or phone call kind of way and actually send them a, a token of our thoughts. Mm. Always just very expensive. So that would always be, you know, sending flowers or hampers, which is $100, $200 plus. And we just thought that, you know, w- w- surely there must be a better way to be able to send someone a token of your thoughts. And that was really where the idea of, of Shouter came from. Fantastic. And so tell us a little bit about the timing of Shouter because it's really recent that uh, you launched and you've already had quite a, a propelled success, obviously, through COVID. But give us a bit of background on what was the stepping stones to launching. We actually started the, the business and working on the business just before COVID, about a month before COVID hit. But it really, I guess, kind of took shape and formed over lockdown um, mm-hmm. that crazy year that was 2020 so we've been working on the business for for you know just a little bit over a year but we've only been live in app stores since December and it's it's fair to say i think that covid really did sort of solidify the fact that there was really a need for a micro gifting app like shouter because it became evident that there was never a, a time more than then where you just wanted to be able to touch base with family members and let them know that you were thinking of them with a little token of your thoughts. Well, for someone that totally has never heard of Shouter before, maybe give us a little bio and then maybe just talk us through how it actually works. So Shouter is uh, what we call a micro-gifting app. So it allows you to shout anyone in Australia at the moment a token of your thoughts. So you'll be able to shout them a coffee drink or anything else. Little gifts that start at $5 and you you shout it as a with a message to let someone know that you're thinking of them. So we're really all about life's what we call mini moments. So it's all those moments such as when you want to say thanks, I miss you, you know, cheer up, congrats, all those kind of mini moments where you want to just do something beyond just sending a text or an email, and you want to just sort of punctuate it with with a little inexpensive gesture. Beautiful. I mean, it's just such a a great idea and such a um, a nice way for people to have a reason to connect. The app is so simple to use. I mean, it really is just download and then you put some credit on and shout that coffee. I did it for my husband actually the other morning. He was very pleased with himself. But of course, building an app that's simple to use is probably not that simple. What I always say to people is shout it simple concept, not such a simple <laughs> app end to the to the business uh, and, and all the workings behind it. Had you built apps before or been involved in building apps? Like how did you get involved in doing that for Shouter and getting it launched in the app store by December after a fairly uh, short uh, concept time is pretty big achievement. 
Yes, I was very fortunate that in my co-founder, Nick, he has been developing apps for the last 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so that really helped. And he also has quite a strong agency background. So he's really very good from the design perspective, which is so super important to, you know, a very sort of heavily consumer facing app like Shouter, because it really is all about that experience of going through the app. That was very lucky. We were able to to sort of take our pain points of the issues that we were facing with the, this not having the ability to send these cheap little gestures to to friends and family, and then rolling that up into all the years that Nick has had with design and building apps. And I think we've landed on on a pretty cool product. Well, it'd be great just to understand a little bit more. So your co-founders with Nick Redwood, who's your CTO, you're the CEO. When you came together, had you known each other for a long time and and kind of landed on this, or did you just was it quite a recent meeting and it just it just worked? Like, tell us a little bit about how you became co-founders. Yeah, so look, we we met through uh, startup circles. There's quite a lot of networking and startup circles in in Sydney and Melbourne. Nick was actually in Sydney at the time when we met. We initially first connected over this shared problem and then we just sort of started bouncing ideas around with each other. But then we also obviously had to get into the more sort of serious conversation just, you know, to see if we would sort of mesh as co-founders because we didn't know each other before, which is quite a different experience for Mm. me business partners we we had actually worked together before for about four years and become friends so it was a very different experience you know not knowing him and you know not knowing his working style or even just him personally so that that has been very different we asked the hard questions and you know what our goals were what our you know we did talk about working styles and all those kinds of things we came across a really good sort of 20 question uh, checklist to to go through when you meet a co-founder that you think you might want to work with. And that was helpful. Wow, uh, that's really cool. Yeah, you, maybe you can share that with me afterwards and I'll uh, circulate that. Quite important to sort of go through those questions and make sure that you're sort of aligned. And then we took the plunge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's right. At some point, I think with some of these kind of situations and relationships and and opportunities, Sometimes it just is a bit of magic that happens and you've got to go with your gut instinct that this is the right thing. You can do all the preparation and the due diligence, but at some point you've kind of got to you know, leap in with a bit of trust. Did you have that same situation or were you kind of very analytical about it or was there a bit of, you know, okay, I'm not 100% sure, but I feel pretty certain. That's the nature of startups, yeah? I mean. <laughs> There's so much unknown with startups and everything to do with a startup is a little bit of, you know, standing on the edge of that waterfall and holding someone's hand and jumping overboard. That's actually what I love about startups as opposed to, you know, the structure of corporate. So, yeah, it is it is a leap of faith. I can also be quite a cautious person. And so I think the due diligence is important and it is important to, you know, do the research. We did, you know, quite a bit of research before we went out and started building the app and we spoke to people to see if there was, you know, if they were even interested in sending little gifts for, you know, life's many moments as we've sort of coined it. And you do have to do your due diligence and research, but then yes, at some point you do have to take that leap of faith as well and and just go all in. 
What came back from the research and what told you that this was a good endeavour? The first thing that sort of really struck us is that so many people have got friends and families spread out all over the world, all over Australia. While at the moment you can only use Sharda to shout someone a gift within Australia, still the ultimate aim of Sharda is to be gifting across international borders. That was the initial dream of Shouda and we're still working towards that. But it really struck us how many people have have got friends and family sort of spread out everywhere and everyone wants to keep that connection with them in a meaningful way, but also bring a little bit of fun to it as well. So that really sort of came across. And also just sort of testing out those moments when people were wanting to reach out to people and also understanding what the common pain points were with gifting at the moment. So the fact that at the moment you can't really gift something instantly, you either have to wait for postage or interestingly, gift cards came out as a very much loved gift of choice actually amongst many people, but there were there were there were pressure points around gift gift cards as well. The first being that they came across as a bit impersonal. Mm that they, you know, were very much tied to specific retailers. So we really sort of took all of those learnings and made sure that when we built the app, that first and foremost, you were able to give something that came across as personal, even though you're doing it through an app, you're able to sort of customize the experience of, of giving the gift. So you can add a selfie or a GIF, you can add a personal message, And then also making sure that when you receive your shout, that you're able to redeem it anywhere you like and not being constrained by certain retailers or venues. When you actually send someone a shout, what you're sending them is a digital prepaid debit card, a MasterCard, which they add to their digital wallet, and then they can just tap and pay for their gift wherever MasterCard is accepted. Fantastic. So essentially, I can shout you a coffee, but at the end of the day, you could go and spend that $5 I've shouted you for a coffee at the nail bar. You could, but I think what came out from the research is that it needs to be wrapped up as something. So whether it's a coffee, a meal, a movie ticket, whatever it may be, but you can also actually customize your own shout in Shouter. So you can you can really shout someone whatever you want, new T-shirt. <laughs> I'm sure that there's some funny shouts going on around the traps. You've kind of talked about this MasterCard debit card. So you're essentially loading up a credit on a, on a MasterCard and that goes into your digital wallet so that when you kind of double click on your phone, you can pay on the go. Is that right? So it's literally an instantaneous gift. When you send someone a shout, they receive an SMS from Shouter with a link to download the app. Or if you've got the app, you'll just click on the link and your shout will pop up. So what you'll see is the shout that's been created just for you. So the image and the message and the gift type of, of what it is and the amount. And then if you haven't yet added your, your Shouter MasterCard to your digital wallet yet, the app will kind of walk you through this in a very sort of seamless process. And you only need to do that once because you only get one Shouter MasterCard. And every time you receive a shout, it's that same Shouter MasterCard that is topped up. And so was doing a, a deal with, you know, a, a prepaid debit card hard? I mean, you, you kind of anticipate that things like that would take a long time to do and you seem to have got one up and running in, in a, you know, less than a year. <laughs> the payment space is a very interesting space. I mean, it's really an ecosystem in and of itself. 
So there was a lot of fast learning that both Nick and I had to do to sort of wrap our heads around this ecosystem that's really kind of permeating through everything all around us. But it's quite a fascinating space. Look, it was a lot of work to get that set up and running and it it wasn't without its complexities. I'll, I'll say that much. Was it through contacts and networks that you were able to kind of make a swift start or did you have to start literally finding the right person and working your way up? I did have a good contact into uh, the company that we are working with, which was great, but I did meet with lots of other companies as well. In the end, we, we decided to go with the company that we have gone with because they have a footprint globally goal with shouters that you'll be able to shout someone anywhere in the world. Well, it's an awesome um, application and yeah, we're super excited to be working with Shouter to help, you know, grow the social following and, uh, you know, launch a campaign with you, which is really exciting. We can come back to talking about that a bit later, but I just wanted to understand a little bit more about you. You say that you've kind of got a bit of a taste for being a startup founder, which is, um, I can totally relate to that. But tell us a bit about your background and prior to that, where your skills and I guess what your passions lie in to get you into this space and be ready to do a business like Shouter. Well, my professional background was actually, I cut my teeth as a media sales executive back when newspapers and magazines were still the go before all of these things even existed online. And actually, I think that was one of the best possible backgrounds to have because I got exposed to so many different aspects of business. First of all, selling. I think having sales skills is such Mm. an important skill set to have no matter what industry you're in and what your role is. It's really important to know how how to sell something. That was my background. I also worked directly with marketing teams for massive, you know, FMCG brands. And that was really interesting seeing that side of things. And ultimately, I stepped into the shoes of, of a marketing manager and marketing director as well. So it's been interesting to, to sort of sit on both sides of the fence. I will just say, you know, media sales, it, it's a very sort of cutthroat mm. um, environment to be in. And it's it's very high pressure. And yeah, it is, it, it is pretty cutthroat. And, and what I found over the years was that media sales wasn't very good for my soul. <laughs> I've you know, been a yoga practitioner for half my life now, so for over 20 years. And yeah, I, I spent a lot of time traveling around the world and, and you know, traveling through India. And these were things that sort of were very formative for me as a as as a person. And I guess I, I always really wanted to sort of work in a business or build a business that was kind of more aligned with with my value as a person. And selling media space definitely wasn't wasn't it for for me. There is some really strong brand values at the core of Shouter, which is all about, you know, being thoughtful and being kind and giving and generous. And that really sort of sits very well with me. It's the perfect combo for me right now, you know, wrapping up the entrepreneurial startup kind of world with, uh, with values that are important to me. Oh, I just got goosebumps when you said that. It's really, I mean, it's it's actually such a, an amazing kind of culmination of different skills. I mean, obviously your journey to get to that point of being in sales and marketing and F- FMCG, having all that experience, 
And then obviously layering on top with your personal kind of, you know, value system. It's just, I mean, it's really, you've, you've created this. You've manifested it. <laughs> well done. <laughs> and so now that you're on this journey with Shouter, whereabouts in the kind of process of Shouter are you? You kind of, you're only a year in, you've obviously got plans to move and grow overseas and, and kind of make that, I guess, a global brand. What does the next kind of two, three, four years look like for you? Right now, it's about expanding and really sort of growing the brand across Australia. That's sort of the definitely the objective until the end of this year. And then depending on where we sort of land by the end of this year, I would love to sort of start expanding Shouter overseas. In the first instance, it won't be about that cross-border shouting because there is some complexity involved with that. As you can imagine, it's moving money across borders. So it's not that super simple. It is doable, but it's not super simple. So in the first instance, it will be about creating shelter in another region. So whether it's the UK and having it operating independently like Australia, and then eventually opening up the gates so that you can shout across borders. And so what would be your next territory, which makes the most sense? Someone who's having a hard lockdown. <laughs> yeah, actually, we we were really trying to actually get Shouter off the ground while while we were still in lockdown because we, we really thought that it, that it had this, you know, relevance in that. And we were looking at changing some of the shouts to be things like Uber Eats or toilet paper. As, as a bit of- <laughs> Who gives the crap? Subscription. <laughs> We didn't quite get there, but look, I think we would probably look to probably look to the states. Uh, that was the journey that we took with the last startup, as I mentioned, that we were involved in. It was really sort of setting up the MVP in Australia and then and going to the states uh, because things are so vast there. Yeah. And what does that look like in terms of a business for you? I mean, you does it mean you have to expand and kind of prove yourself in Australia first, and then? pitch to you know investors look we, we we already have investors involved with shouter i mean there was quite a bit of upfront expenses that that we we had with shouter to get it up and off the ground so we already have some investors some of which are you know really have brilliant minds that are involved in the business and we're, we're actually looking to do another fundraising round which i'll probably kickstart that roadshow in in june july of this year in terms of what it looks like to expand the business to the US, I mean, we're kind of fortunate these days where I don't think necessarily we would have to move to the US or do anything like that. It would just be about raising enough capital to go overseas, to have an impact overseas, to really get the brand out there and known overseas. America is a much bigger market than Australia. So I think it would you know, be wise for us to go there with you know, some decent dollars behind us so that we can get there and and have an impact in terms of getting the brand out there and known. Said the word roadshow. What does that mean for you? I mean, you're the CEO. Does it mean getting your deck out, getting your old media sales, walking boots on and stomping around to, to just talk to people that you know? Or is it, you know, a whole clean slate and you've really got to go and do the, the meet and greets again? How, do, how does that actually work? Yeah, look, it's it's a bit of both. 
I am fortunate because I, I do have that investor network from the you know previous business that I had, which is great. We also have an investor network through the investors that we we already have. But it will probably be a bit of a, a little bit of both. Hopefully, with a lot of warm introductions from you know people that I know and investors that 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 I know already. What are investors looking for from Shout? Are they are they looking at a five year growth trajectory? Are they looking for, you know, innovation and what works for you? You don't want to give the whole business away. You obviously have a balancing act to kind of make it all work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think typically what investors are looking for is obviously growth in users. That That is key. And also it's not just about the number of users. It's probably also about the monthly active users because mm-hmm. that is talks to the stickiness of a product, but also to looking at probably, you know, the money flowing through the platform, number of shouts that have been sent, all those kind of metrics that we're kind of laser focused on in the business at the moment. Investors will be, you know, laser focused on that as well. They'll also be looking at future growth opportunities for the business. So we're also on the verge of launching Shouter Biz, which is our version of Shouter for the corporate space. So yeah, so so that's very cool. And we've got a few other things that that we've got planned and all of that, which you know I like to call the sizzle. So <laughs> about showing investors uh the sizzle and the potential of of what's to come, uh, as well as all the good stuff that's happening now. Yeah. So really having, you know, your 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 work being done on Shouter app for consumers and then a bit of a vision around what the future might look like and how exciting it is and how many things you've got up your sleeve. And so you have to tell us a little bit more about Shouter Biz. Shouter Biz was kind of always on our radar. We always felt, Nick and I, that Shouter had application to the corporate space for incentivizing and rewarding employees. But what actually happened was when, when we launched in December, and we put some stuff out on LinkedIn, had a lot of people that I didn't even know just pinging me on LinkedIn and saying, you know, I've got my hands on the app and I love it and I want to use it for my team or or in the workspace. And what are you guys doing for that? And so we just knew after a lot of these messages kept rolling in that we needed to bring the build of that forward. And so that's what we've done. And we've it's basically uh, Shouter the app, but in an online dashboard format. And the main difference is that you can shout multiple people at the one time. It's a no-brainer. As you're saying it, it's just like, of course, you have to have this. I mean, for, for the employer, it's just brilliant, isn't it? They can literally say, you know, happy first birthday to our business. We're giving everyone 100 bucks on their shouter app and everyone's rewarded or, you know, we've just had a sales win. Here's, you know, something nice for you. Friday drinks on us. So it is pretty cool and we're very excited about it. So hopefully that goes live this week, which is very exciting. So it's launching this week. Yeah, we're just in, uh, just just before sitting with you, Mia, we were doing some some testing on the dashboard and just ironing out little bugs. Um, Amazing. Well, we, we you heard it here first. Now, one question I wanted to ask you around how you and Nick work together. Obviously, you're based in Sydney. He's now based in Melbourne. How does that work, you know, from a kind of a CTO, CEO position? What are the pluses? What are the minuses of that kind of situation? It's an interesting one that I think for the most part, we are so lucky these days. And also, I dare I even say it, lucky because of COVID, really, that, you know, that is really sort of fast-tracked everyone's 
expectations of what it's like to sort of work more remotely or have work from home days and work over Zoom and all these things. But it's actually been absolutely fine between Zoom and Google Meets and Slack. It's been a really easy process. I do think, though, that there is something to be said about a team sort of, you know, being together in person as well. So we are going to try and, um, in fact, in a couple of weeks, Nick is coming uh, this way and we we do want to try and make more of an effort to to get together, you know, a few times in the year for maybe for big workshops or just some team building exercises that that we do because there is still something awesome about being in the same room and, you know, doing stuff face-to-face. But for the most part, it's worked really well and there's been no issues. Thank you, Slack. Thank you, Zoom. <laughs> I hear you. We, we also run a remote team and you're absolutely right. For, for the moments and uh, special times, it's great to see everyone, but it does work remarkably well with the technology. And I guess, you know, being a digital person and a digital business, you are just kind of adopting technology fast. You know, you've done a few startups and you've had a, a good long career in this kind of area of investors and startups and founding. But what are some of the things you've really learned? You know, what, is, what are some of your biggest learnings? And I guess if there are any regrets or lessons that you have, uh, you know, if you had your time again, you'd probably do things differently. Are there any that stand out? So one thing that I will say, and this this probably may not make sense to a lot of people, because I think at the end of the day, when when someone is going into a startup, everyone's looking, you know, maybe with the ambition of being the next, you know, unicorn or having that massive exit. But I can definitely say, hand on heart, that the one thing that I've learned over the years, and it's not just in the startup space, it's in business in general, is don't follow the money. Follow mm. right. That is something that I've lived and learned or been burnt by, I would say, twice in my career now, where I followed the money and was really, really unhappy. And one of them, I was actually trapped in a pretty toxic work environment, I would say. And I stuck it out because of the money until eventually I'd had enough. I really believe that if you do something that you're truly passionate about and just feels right with you, the money will come especially if it's a business that you're launching and getting into yourself. It really has to gel with you. And your other question, what is my biggest regret? My biggest regret are those <laughs> two, two, <laughs> two occasions where I, I, I followed something for the money and passed up on other opportunities, which would have been a better fit for me. It's been something I've been thinking about quite a lot lately is that you really have, you know, your mind and your heart, but then at the heart of things, you do have just this feel, gut feel about what's right and what's wrong. And and I guess as you get older, you do learn to trust your gut instinct a whole lot better. Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think I have this love-hate thing with with money because you you need money to live and you need money to be able to do all of these amazing things and bring to life all of these ideas that you might have in your brain. But I do think that it is really important to do something that ultimately resonates with you as a person because it can really be quite soul-destroying to be stuck in something that's not right. You've just employed a, a new person. Is that your first employee or have you got a team already? We're a team of four. So yep. I hired a lead developer 
Nikita is the CTO. So he's, you know, building and coding everything and he really needed help. And we could do with about five more lead developers at the moment. So we have Brendan, he's he's our lead developer and he's also in Melbourne. And then we've just hired a couple of months ago, a rock star marketing manager, Laurent, who's awesome, who is with me in, in Sydney. Once you start putting some stuff on and having some people also coming along for the journey, it starts to feel more and more real and less like it's all on your shoulders. Has that been a nice graduation? Absolutely. It's so good. I think one of the things that I struggled with, with with COVID and working from home was the lack of being able to sort of brainstorm and bounce things, you know, around a room. And it was just Nick and I, which was great, but it's good to have fresh eyes and fresh perspective. And I'm loving, loving having Laurent on the team. (laughs) That's awesome. A little bit about you personally, you said before you've got a a, a child, I think similar probably age to mine. I've got two kids. I've got two gorgeous boys who are 10 and seven. My little one, Gabe, he was only five months old when I started my first startup before Shouter. So that's another podcast. Yes, right. Working on a startup, found a role, juggling a family life. How do you kind of make it all work or is it just what you do? To be honest, it is kind of just what I do at the moment because I, as I said, I've been in the startup space now for, for 10 years and I, and, I, and I launched, you know, another business with it with a newborn essentially. So it is something that I, I literally have, I've, I've adapted to. There's been an evolution in, in my body and my brain where I have really sort of evolved to adapt to be, you know, in a startup. I can definitely say that when I look back at the previous business and shelter, my kids were at a very different age. They were much, much younger. And that was was super hard, actually. That was really very stressful. And and actually, my marriage broke down as well. And I do think that probably being in that startup hecticness was probably part of that as well, to that. But now the kids are older and my ex-husband and I, we actually have an, an incredible relationship now as friends. He's, he's also actually an investor and things just, just work much, much better now. My kids are older, you know, 10 and 7, they're much more self-sufficient. And I think we've, we've all just sort of learned as well how to sort of compartmentalize time. They know that when, you know, the door's closed in the study, I'm working. They know they need to knock because I might be in a podcast or, or, you know, in another sort of meeting. And um, we, you know, we spend good quality time together on the weekends. I've got a, you know, a supportive, a new partner who's very helpful and a very supportive ex-husband as well, who yeah. very helpful and and parents and friends. So you do, you do need, you do need to sort of build that little ecosystem of people that you can call on around you is what is one thing I can say if you're going to be building a business. In terms of kind of the future and how, you know, you're obviously bringing up your your family as well as kind of bringing up a business, what does that all kind of look like? Is it a little bit of a mess or have you kind of got a, a, a solid plan? What's your kind of personality like in that space? Yeah, look, I mean, I'm quite a type A personality. I do like my structure. And look, for me, routine is everything. I think it would be very difficult to, you know, sort of run a household and run a business without having some semblance of a routine. So for me and for my kids, my kids are very much in a routine. I'm very much in a routine. And we kind of, we do run a tight ship. 
but it gets to the weekend and, you know, rules are out the window. But during the week, rigid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Except it, except it five to nine when it's all like trying to get them to the school gate. There are definitely those moments, like today, actually. <laughs> One of the things we like to ask all our guests on, on the podcast is what book have you read recently or, you know, over the years that has really moved you and you'd love to recommend to people or you just feel like recommending on this podcast? Look, for me, my favorite book is not a business book. It's a book about life and that is The Alchemist. And I read that book when I was in my 20s, sort of backpacking around India. I can absolutely say that I that it, that is one of my favorite books of all time. And it yeah. is all about creating your own destiny. There's even a, a quote in that book, which is about when you really want something and when your intention is right, the universe does all it can or, you know, it, it conspires to deliver it for you, something like that. Well, I think it's what we talked about before, that manifestation, you know, if you, you can make things happen if your mindset is focused on it. If your mindset and also if, if the intention is pure and true and, I, and that really sort of resonated with me at the time and it still sticks with me through all these years and I just, even when I'm having, you know, these low moments or stressed out moments, I honestly always think of that book and that quote and I just know that if the intention is there and the effort is there, then the universe does help to enable things to go your way. And I, I, I 100% agree with that. And actually separately to that, I just wanted to, we, you mentioned before about your yoga practice, but does that come into play into your kind of routine in your life? Yes. Yeah, so my, my yoga practice is actually is on the back burner a little bit at the moment because I had a really bad back injury. But yes, I do my yoga practice still in my head. Mm. What I'm doing at the moment as well, partly also to get over the injury, is a lot of um, weightlifting too, which has been new for me and it has been amazing. Exercise is very important to me. So I do that early in the morning at 6 a.m. before the day starts. And yes, it's very much part of my routine and very important. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I think, you know, that kind of clarity of mind really happens for a lot of people when they're doing their exercise. It, gets them feeling the endorphins flowing. I mean, we all heard the benefits of it, but it does feel like a lot of people, if they can start the day with some kind of routine for themselves, starts off in a good way. And then the other thing I just, um, you know, wanted to ask you, if you had a megaphone and you could broadcast your message to the world, what would be that message right now? It is be kind, guys. You never know what someone is going through, even someone that looks outwardly happy. You really, you never know what it's like to walk in someone's shoes. So just be nice and be kind. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an important thing. And really, like you say, I think almost the, the world has become super focused on that kindness piece, which is so amazing. You know, I hear my kids coming home from school and they're talking about kindness all the time. It's so nice. We weren't brought up. I wasn't brought up that, you know, with that kind of messaging as a kid, but certainly, you know, we're understanding it more. So Thank you so much. It's been a beautiful podcast. Really excited to see Shouter just go from, you know, strength to strength. Awesome talking to you. I love speaking to female founders. So inspiring. Thanks so much, Mia. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and stay tuned for more episodes from A Moment with Modern Mentors coming your way soon.